You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And this gets me to Buck. I like Buck. I think Buck's obviously done a great job. He's the manager of the year. It's starting to annoy me a little bit how he won't answer an effing question. Now he, I'm sorry. After this game, there's a few questions you kind of want to know. Where's Eduardo Escobar? I can't talk about it. It's a legal thing. I don't even know if it is a legal thing. But he won't give you anything about Escobar. Okay, fine. You want to accept that and say, not a big deal. Maybe he really can't talk about it. The first response he has to what did you say to Diaz was, I'm not going to tell you. And then he says, well, I really didn't talk. Oh, wait, I did talk. I said something, and then I turned around. Like, what? what? Like, why did you go out there? Then he kind of pivots into the, well, there was that crazy play right after the double. I'm just trying to give him a, a breather. Then he goes on and says, I need exercise, which I, I know he's joking, but, Buck, why would you go out there? Like, it's, it's not that complicated. And then when asked, hey, did you ask Edwin Diaz? Do you want to face Yelich? I thought this was interesting. So I guess he does occasionally give you something. He says, I would never ask him that. Because the pitcher is always going to say, I want to face the guy. And then he alluded to earlier this season when he did have Edwin Diaz walk a guy. And Edwin was pissed at him. and gave him a look. So if he didn't ask him, hey, what do you think? Do you want to go after Yelich? Do you want to go after Willie Adamas? What did he go out there for? And would it be that horrible to just, I don't know, tell us? I, I'm not, like, upset about it. It's just more every day. Because I love watching Buck press conferences. Boone press conferences, too. I think it's really important to see what the managers have to say. Because uh, sometimes you leave a game with a lot of questions, and hopefully the manager's pressed about it. So I like watching these guys after games. But sometimes I, I scratch my head and say, just, just answer the freaking question. It's not, it's not that complicated. I know there are certain things you don't want to talk about, certain things you want to keep private, but what you went out and said to Edwin Diaz, and it was quick, man, because he goes out there and quickly turns right back around. So, yeah, sitting in the ballpark, my assumption is he asked him, do you want to face Christian Yelich? According to Buck, he did. Then again, Buck could just be lying to us. Maybe he did ask him, do well, you want to face Yelich? Did you, they actually talked to Diaz afterwards. What did he Diaz? say? He said he asked if he wanted to walk him. He said no. Are you freaking kidding me? Yes. So Buck lied to us. So Buck lied. He's a liar. <laughs> He's lying, lying to all of us this whole time. So, first of all, great job by you checking out the Edwin Diaz postgame presser. I didn't hear it. So he said, Buck went out and said, do you want to face Yelich or walk him? Yeah. It's exactly what he said. He goes, you, it's a very quick conversation. He asked, he said, no, I want to face him. That was it. Are, you, Went back. are you annoyed a little bit that Buck lies to us? Or does it not matter? Uh, 
Yes and no. I mean, in that scenario, not so much because it wasn't a big deal. The Escobar, I feel, is a little bit more misleading. Non-workplace event. What the hell could that be? Is he like at a party right now? Like I, I, I honestly have no idea what he's doing. Like that to me is off. If it, is there something really serious? Is he? I mean, I'm no speculation, but like, is he arrested? Does he have a stomach issue? Like seriously, what? The, it, just don't say anything. Don't say a non-workplace event. That's weird. That that to me throws me off. That's a little upsetting. But for normal cases, I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's funny. I'm more bothered by not admitting he asked Edwin, do you want to face him than Escobar? Because the one thing I take a step back with Escobar is we really don't know what's going on, and maybe he could answer it differently and not use the workplace environment thing and just say, look, I I can't talk about it. I mean, maybe that would have been the best answer. I can't talk about it. Hey, is it his health? I can't. If you just go strict, I can't talk about it, instead of saying anything, maybe that's better. Because maybe there really is a reason why he can't mention it. And look, we'll find out at some point, obviously. But he lied to us about Diaz. That's great. <laughs> he said, He's still my guy. He's still my guy. I love him. I love him. But oh, he, he can't lie a lot to us. Don't get this twisted. Buck's done an amazing job. I think we just have to remind ourselves that you can love somebody. You can think a guy's doing a great job. You can also criticize them or question them. Like, I go to game two of this series. What, what really bothered me about game two of this series, and I, and I get it, you lose a game 10 to 2, it's probably a game you're going to lose no matter what. First and second, nobody out in the first inning, they get nothing. It was, it felt like a loss in a lot of ways. They played a very sloppy game. Francisco Lindor looked terrible defensively with that ball that went under his glove. They got numerous errors from the pitchers trying to pick guys off, whether it's David Peterson or Jake Reed. But what bothered me in the fifth was taking Peterson out, of course. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Gives up that leadoff hit to Adamas. Great. Get him out of the game. Get, get him out of the game. When Jake Reed hits a guy after walking a guy and getting two outs, all right, you want to give him another batter? I get it. When he walks Caratini with the bases loaded, can you get him out of the game? Now, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you're trying to win. You realize the game is on the line in this end. You are an extra base hit away from this thing getting completely out of hand. Because, yeah, the Mets have shown a great ability to come back. You're trailing Corbin Burns. You're trailing a guy that won the Cy Young last year. So after he walked Caratini with the bases loaded, and he's still in the game, and then he gives up the hit to Lorenzo Cain. I know it was off of Jay Greed, but still, he's still in the game. And then he gives up the backbreaker, the two-run hit to Jace Peterson. I thought Buck, and he hasn't done a lot of this, because, again, he's had an A-plus season. He's been great. I thought he stuck with Jake Reed way too long in the fifth inning of this game, and he let the game get out of hand. Would the Mets have won if he pulled Jake Reed earlier, especially since it's not like Trevor Williams did a great job? Trevor comes in, and after he's forced to intentionally walk a guy, he gives up a couple of hits in a row. So, yeah, it probably ends up the same way. It was just frustrating to watch in the fifth inning. And the other thing I got ticked off at Buck, and this is more lighthearted being ticked off at him, is after the first game of this series, they were making a big deal about Brandon Nimmo's first inning at-bat and how it set the tone for the game. And it absolutely did. I completely agree. He worked a deep, deep count against Hauser, and it eventually rips a double, and boom, the Mets put together a three-run first inning. And he made the comment about sometimes you can win a game in the first inning. 
Sometimes you can win a first, uh, win a game in the first inning and not even score. And I felt the very next day, game two of this series, the Mets lost the game in the first inning. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Because when they get two on and nobody out, and remember, they're down 2 nothing already. They gave up the two runs in the first inning. David Peterson was very shaky. And then it looked like he was actually going to settle down, but we were dead wrong about that. You're already down 2 nothing, and you're facing a guy that won the Cy Young last year. You're not facing some journeyman. You're not facing some bum. You're facing a guy that won the National League Cy Young last year. And by the way, he's had a pretty good year this year. Record aside, his ERA is sparkling. Corbin Burns is one of the better pitchers in baseball. You get two on and nobody out. When Lindor strikes out and Alonzo pops up and McNeil can't come through, and he normally has this season, and you had two on, nobody out, I knew. And sometimes I know when I'm wrong. Like I thought they were going to lose game three of this series. Well, you can't let a really good pitcher off the hook in the first inning. And so Buck Showalter the night before says sometimes you can win a game in the first inning. The Mets lost the game in the first inning. As bad as that fifth inning was, they lost that game in the first inning. Giving up two runs right out of the gate and then having two on and nobody out and doing nothing about it, they lost that game in the first inning. And Lindor was annoying me because I don't want to be a guy that turns on Francisco Lindor at every turn. I'm not. I'm just criticizing him. I'm calling him out. And it's not just the fact that he has been so streaky this season. He's had a a weird year where he goes three weeks where he drives in a run every single at-bat, or at least it feels that way. Then he goes 0 for 15. But the defense pisses me off. You're Francisco Lindor. When you're not hitting, and I get it, there are going to be times when you're not hitting, I want to see A-plus defense. I want to see Francisco Lindor at his freaking best. And I know it was the opener of this series, and it was a game they won, but he's had some just shaky moments in the field. Very, very shaky. It's been a weird year for Lindor. Weird in that he's on pace to drive in a lot of runs. Weird that there have been times in which he looks like the elite player they're paying for. And then he's had these just massive slumps where he disappears, where you get nothing out of him. I mean, even tonight, the finale of this series, at least we were recording it on Thursday night, he had a very quiet one for four. Day before that, he takes an over. Day before that, you know, quiet one for four. So he's been, it's been odd the kind of season he's had. He's been very, very streaky. But hey, they won the series. That's the most important thing. And I loved what they got in the opener of this series with Chris Bassett. I thought that was really, really important. We talked about it last time on the Rico, what's wrong with Chris Bassett. And maybe Hoff was right. Maybe he just can't face West Coast teams. Bassett had a, an interesting and understandable reasoning for his struggles. And that was, I haven't been on the same page with my catchers. And for whatever reason, you know, he really clicked with James McCann earlier this season. Remember that game when Mazika was called up where they just couldn't get together on signs at all? He actually pitched well in that game, and I think Mazika hit the game-winning home run. 
Or maybe I'm mixing games up. But no, I think Mazik hit the game-winning home run in that game. Uh, for whatever reason, maybe it's because he throws so many pitches. His reasoning was, I wasn't on the same page as my catchers. Well, he was definitely on the same page as his catchers, specifically Tomas Nito in the opener of the series. So to get the dominance from Chris Bassett and to get the bounce back in the finale of this series, this was a very 2022 Mets-like series. They win a series, which is all they just got to keep doing. They do it against a quality Brewers team. They do it showing fight. They do it coming back. And that's why this win, the finale of this series win, won't be a top five Met victory. I'm not going to put it in the top five list. But that's a really, really good win. Really good win. I mean, just think about the difference in emotion if they lose this series compared to winning the finale, coming back, fighting back, and winning this series. So I think the third game of this series was big. A nice series victory. Oh, Brandon Nimmo. Brandon Nimmo is the gold glove award winner in center field. Now, I try to watch as much baseball as I can. I can't watch every inning of every team's play, so sometimes judging who the best defensive player is may not be the easiest thing to do. But, man, oh, man, Brandon Nimmo's become a different guy in center field. I remember two years ago thinking he's not a center fielder. I said it. I believed it. It was true. I don't think he was a center fielder. The progress he's made defensively, it's been awesome. It's been great to watch. Great to watch. That diving play he made in the opener of this series, and that's just that's an obvious one because it was a great diving play. But just watching him on a nightly basis, he has gotten so good defensively. All right, before we get to... A couple of your tweets, questions, comments, and a few trade targets. I also want to address the Francisco Alvarez situation. Let's take a little bit of break from all that's going on in 2022. And let's look back. Because 25 years ago, on June 16th, 1997, the New York Mets played the New York Yankees for the very first time. 